Hello and welcome to your favorite YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Want to remind everybody before we dive into this episode, it is Kayfabe-tober time. We have assembled a list of prompts that we think will uh, bring out the best in all of our great creative followers. There should be some prompts on here that you guys look forward to and have a lot of fun with. And I think there'll be a few prompts, hopefully, that will challenge you guys to come up with some interesting uh, ideas. Make sure you tag us in the drawings that you make from the uh, Cartoonist Kayfabe-tober list here. And... Uh, Always look forward to this, Ed. It's becoming an annual tradition here on Cartoonist Kayfabe, and I look forward to seeing what our talented audience comes up with this year. I also want to remind everybody that we have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. There are different levels that will get you access to our videos ahead of the general population, and at the King Kayfaber level, you will have access to all of our videos first because you will sit in on the recording session. We have a room full of Cartoonist King Kayfabers right now watching us, uh, helping out, filling in information for us, giving requests, and uh, just having a general back and forth as we go through the recording of these, these episodes. And if you pick up a book first, it may offset the cost of joining the Patreon because you will have access to these books first before they spike in price or disappear on the aftermarket. And finally, we are a daily video series about comic books here on YouTube. We have about 1,500 videos that you can go through and uh, look for your favorites. If you hit the little uh, magnifying glass search bar on our homepage on YouTube, you can search all of our 1,500 videos for your favorite comics or creators. And if you come up empty, let us know who you'd like to see us add to our list of uh, books that we need to read. All right, so today we are going to look at another Heritage Comic Art Auction. This is a platinum session, but they put these out uh, several times a year. And these are deluxe, basically artist edition for color printing quality of the samples that are going to be in their auctions. I guess these platinum sessions are some of the highest grade uh, comics are part of these platinum sessions. Look at this too, yeah. like right away. You can see this is the A-list of, uh, of of auction stuff. Yeah, but, so there's no better grade quality uh, copy of this issue of adventure comics out there that, that anybody knows about. Right, and you can see the table of contents here. We're gonna have comics for the first 34 pages, and then we get into the comic art. I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit because there is a treasure in this particular issue, and uh, that's the reason that we're doing this one. We had a King K favor send us a bunch of heritage auction catalogs. I was unaware of these things until, yeah. I don't know, three months ago. I've got a, a stack of them that I've been going through like a couple a, a week since then, and all kinds of treasures. And when I say the A-level stuff, Jim Lee Scott Williams' Batman Triple Gatefold cover. How about that for a uh, pretty pretty sharp piece? And like I said, it's four color. If you look close, you can see a little bit of that yellowing, but you can also see the little bits of like white media on top of this artwork. So pretty cool. And who does a fold-out for your catalogs? Yeah. This is, uh, th these are the big willies that are bidding on this stuff. But here yeah. is the reason that we are making an episode. Todd McFarlane, Spider-Man number 16. This is the crossover with X-Force. We have looked at some of these issues, and um, it'd be one thing if all we had was the cover of this issue, but we actually have the entire contents of this issue are reproduced at this artist edition level. So We're going to find out if the Juggernaut page uh, has paste-ups or redraws or, or, or what... what what is the deal? Absolutely. You know, the only trade-off is uh, I wish these were bigger, of course. You know, the one thing that the artist editions have going for them. 
But the flip side is one of the great features in these heritage catalogs are these write-ups. There are notes on every single, well, maybe not every page, but the majority of the pages and all these Spider-Man pages, you get a little bit of notes. And it's something that I've really come to like as I go through these. Part of the reason I only look at a couple of these a week is because I'm reading these notes. Right. It's almost like uh, historical notes. Sometimes it's about the media itself, the size of the work, things of that nature. So, One of the things that, that Todd would do often with his Spider-Man is have the leg the foot kind of overlap the ankle and they always they often say that like you know you want to be able to kind of silhouette your figure to to kind of like get it to make sense and like that overlap would always the way he does it there's something about the way he does it that makes it feel just like flat so it's like there's like a little nub there yeah it's interesting they talk about that silhouette shape if you threw tracing paper on here and filled this in in black just right. the shape it would be very strange yeah it's just like a little nub leg yeah Interesting. And how about this, man? The two-page spread of the Juggernaut. Spider-Man presenting his keister all open with that back arch. Yeah, you might get in trouble for that pose nowadays. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, look at the weird marks that he that he adds, like the McFarlaneisms in the inks where this is one of those things I don't feel like people that tried to emulate him picked up on this stuff because how could you it, it feels so organic the choices that he's making and then you go from like that kind of armor onto the bazillion lines that are all over the hands and knuckles and things it's a it's a pretty unique style nobody really copied it successfully uh, in my opinion yeah it, but like it also um it doesn't make any sense like the point of the <laughs> point of true. the point of hatching is to create a, you know a great value but like these lines there from from the moon it, it'll turn those lines gray you know from from 50 paces uh, those lines will become gray and and by the way that's the stuff that the old timers at the time would just not understand and be so aggravated about because it doesn't communicate anything and and it's it's very flat you yeah. know like he's trying to do a little bit of that scott williams stuff and somehow williams is able to kind of add a little 3d to the jim lee of this era but that is flattens out the the um shoulder a whole lot you see a tiny bit of blue too which i never associated with him as drawing in blue yeah but you can see like different places so maybe something he was trying experimenting with maybe something that stuck I'm not sure it's a time saver uh you know like uh you gotta if you're using gray pencil you gotta erase that and this guy's doing a monthly book that he's also writing so uh you, like a pit nascar pit crew you want to kind of carve off as much time as you can and the blue pencil is a, a good way to do that if you can in your mind's eye, conceptualize what it looks like darker. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the books that we make, and we have a lot of stuff coming out in the very near future. Uh, sooner than later, in mid-October, comes the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus for the 10-year anniversary of my Hip Hop Family Tree series. After that comes X-Men Grand Design Trilogy, which collects all three volumes of my X-Men Grand Design comics. There are two trades of Red Room out there right now. Anti-social network and trigger warnings, but the third uh, called Crypto Killers is coming out in January. Jimmy's been self-publishing uh, some comics and magazines lately. Uh, the Black and White Zine, 1986 Zine, and True Crime Funnies are coming to you uh, sooner than later. October, what date? 26. 26th is going to be a sale at his website. Make sure you jump on that. Finite copies available. Street Angel, Princess of Poverty is coming to you in November. It is a companion piece to the Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive trade paperback. And before you is a bibliography of all the stuff that we have on the stands to date. Now let's get back to the video. 
I always enjoyed whenever he would draw a different character, you know, not, not Spider-Man, but some other character that I liked, but also you would see kind of like through some of his style shortcomings at times, you know, whenever he's taking on these other characters that he's unfamiliar with, you might see a little bit of a Play-Doh form or, you know, odd proportions and things like that. We have looked at this storyline before and it still stands out to me, you know, this is the world trade towers yeah. that, are, that are being, uh, in this case, I mean, it's hard to not think of 9-11 whenever you see that image. You but know, if you get past that, I'm so impressed with the use of like the three-point perspective, which we look at, and which is in like how to draw comics the Marvel way. You learn it at an early age, but applying it, not always uh, an easy application. I think he nails it here for that sense of like, wow, that's a tall building. Yeah. Is it really 91 when this comes out? Because the the trade centers, they got bombed, yes. but I think that was in 93. Like, I think that's after. Yeah, it might have been. They, uh, Sometime in the early this. 90s, so, but you're right. Yeah. It might have been 93. I, I was so proprietary about my guys back then, you know? And and Todd was my guy, like, for Spider-Man, but Rob was my guy for X-Force. And in my opinion, nobody could draw those characters right except Rob Liefeld. So when I would see this, I would just, like, slough it off. And when I would have my arguments with buddies in school, there were a couple guys that I could have that conversation with about McFarlane versus Rob Liefeld. And I would use this issue and say, look, man, Rob, I mean, uh, Todd can't even draw X-Force right. <laughs> Because these characters would show up in those um, uh, House of Pain, uh, Shattershot, like these these uh, ex-annual uh, uh, crossovers and stuff. And then you would see, you know, Alex Savia, and I think Ernie Steiner drew one, actually. Yeah, could be. Where, where you see just kind of the, the job guy style for, for uh, X-Force, and it, it, it never uh, works. Yeah, and it's funny to think of this issue, too. Like, you talk about him doing a monthly book, but also... This is his last issue, and I assume he knew that going into this issue. Even though the juggernaut eye thing is something he's, that we hear about, he, yeah, he's I have good. a feeling he knew this was it. And you wonder if he's racing through here, because some of these faces are so kind of bizarre. But also, it's just like the McFarlane energy. You know, like, dump it on the page, dump it on these character designs, push everything to a 10. And, I mean, that was the trademark that I liked in his work. It also strikes me how different his page layouts are, where... These aren't grid layouts. No, not at all. He's he was never one for that stuff. And uh, this idea of them pushing like the landscape format for mm -hmm. because Rob's issue of X Force had this same thing. You really, I get the sense that they uh, kind of push things in a lot of ways with with the publisher and, and had great success. You know, we're more than a year into the Spider Man run, and I'm sure, I'm sure the diminishing returns after issue number one were still pretty freaking high. So they could ask for this. And uh, if they would have kept with Marvel, I wonder, like, they would have started asking for more right. weird shit, you know? Because, like, this is very weird. This doesn't make any sense. And it's not like that great issue of uh, Swamp Thing where the, the lettering turns and then yeah. it, it has an effect storytelling-wise. Sure, because the drug, like a, kind a, of the drug psychedelic. Exactly. And then it weaves back into the story. This is just artifice, which is the image guys, you know, there's nothing of like tremendous substance underneath what they're doing. It's all kind of uh, on the surface. This page is the perfect backdrop for what you just said, because <laughs> we have Warpath screaming attack and Juggernaut being like, you guys are dumber than cows being led to slaughter. You skies. <laughs> uh, Shakespeare wrote that.
It calls to mind the uh, John Byrne Fantastic Four sideways issue, too. Oh, I don't know And, and I wonder if that's one of the references, one of the ideas behind it. I could see um, somebody like Rob Liefeld, you know, a fanboy at heart. I could see him, like, having that in his head of, like, that was a cool gimmick. Let's try that. It works really well for some of this stuff. You know, you, in many ways, like, a horizontal issue for Cannonball Flying, pretty great. Right. You know, and even, like, flying out of the background and then cutting across the page, awesome setup. Yeah. The other thing about comics, it's, you know, illustrations with storytelling value. <laughs> there ain't no story being told here, man. There's, <laughs> there's really not. Count the number of teeth at home on Juggernaut. Maybe take a shot for everyone once you get past, like, 30 or whatever. <laughs> it's a good 3D effect. Yeah, you see the heavier line weights as you go back. It really works. Cutting them off. I like the juxtaposition of, like, the profile of, of uh, Cannonball, all of his teeth, smiling, and then Juggernaut just getting ready to uh, to handle this. I remember this was a cool moment reading it as a kid. Yeah, that thin lip was always kind of bothered me, the shape of that. But you look look at it. It's cartooning. Uh, this this was a favorite panel of mine. Yes. Absolutely. It's such a great effect of, like, the ricochet, you know, hitting the un immovable object of Juggernaut. And it's great. Like, there's no motion in Juggernaut at all. That is a brick wall. There's a lot going on here that uh, you, you, could, you could just uh, dash over, man. Uh, but he's... McForlan talks about it whenever he gives public talks about trying to communicate as much 3D on a 2D surface as possible by overlapping things. So he has a smoke going uh, in front and behind. He's got some business with like the street signs, some bricks. Sometimes that stuff will be behind the speed line, but he's definitely making a point to put things in front of it. And just like all the kind of schmutz mm -hmm. all over, like there's, it, I think he was influenced by stuff like Akira at this point because he certainly you know steve olive and all of that you know he, he brings those guys on board uh to to image and i think that that had some influence it reminds me we looked at michael golden yeah that that for sure. annual where the airplane or the helicopter's landing and blowing trees away and i feel like it's so great like capturing the speed with the environment around right. it reacting yeah one of the things i thought you were uh, going to mention with the michael golden stuff was that a uh, hulk versus spider-man story that had a uh, great rubble <laughs> rubble mcfarlane always did rubble well how about the stars around cannonball here as a uh, comic book language piece not afraid to cartoon yes you know not afraid to cartoon and uh, it, it's an interesting thing because like he doesn't bring that to spawn because spawn is so goth and uh, demons and hardcore and it's also more into the 90s where the 90s was starting to kind of codify itself to what it was and you know angsty and hardcore and uh, you just couldn't get away with that kind of thing really good shot of your twin towers here very iconic with this kind of black and some of that stuff it feels like there's a different hand at work you know like look at that hair you know what it's possible but i was looking at like these marks and those to me almost look like sharpie or marker or something a couple of the heavier blacks yeah you know that's it's it's it feels like a different mark than the uh, hunt 102 that we see a lot and so again that could be a speed thing you know it could be that he is using a marker or something on some of these spots and really kind of racing through it be funny to uh, to do a count on these pages and get an average of panels per page yeah, going I, through I, the story because it feels like the the average might be like three, maybe like even it, a little bit under three I, panels. Yeah, per page. I don't think it ever hits four. Uh, Jimmy, you may or may not know this from from reading uh, the, this bit of business, but um, are each is it each page a lot, or uh, or is question. it all all going for? Uh, I I don't know. Thing? I don't know the answer to that. I'm not sure. Huh. It's a good question. That's one that. I should have probably looked into. 
I would hate to think that you break this up to have a complete issue. And it's McFarlane's last Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know that he's done any Spider-Man. I think he did a cover for like an Overstreet price guide or something with Spider-Man on it. But this is pretty much the last McFarlane Spider-Man. So to have it all intact, it'd be nice. It's kind of wild how with the spider webs and the windows, it really flattens out because it's almost the same value of gray at this kind of thumbnail size. Yeah, I like seeing him do figures at much different distance also, because that's stuff that probably, I think this was printed on newsprint, you know, so like those super fine lines, this would have been just kind of, kind of background, de you know, barely detail. Yeah, print started getting printed. better. It started getting better. Hey, you talk about uh, Liefeld drawing the X-Force characters and them not looking right. I think you can see it in Cable. To oh, me, yeah. like Cable was a character nobody really could do uh, to Liefeld's level, at least in my eyes. But Gideon? Gideon looks better here, I think, than he does in uh, New Mutants. I don't know, man. That hair. <laughs> Look at those eyebrows. That hair is soft, man. <laughs> it's like a pony mane. It's like My Little Pony. Is is there... The, there's like a big Cable uh, two-pager. Was yeah, that, was yeah, that page one? No, no, know. it's common. His colored shadows that he does that I hate, but I like when Mignola does it. Mm -hmm. So he, like he's not he's not able to take the right lessons. He does a couple things in this because Spider Man he's not filling in the blacks, so I think that's also the color shadow. You know, you'd think either the foreground or the background, one of them make it black, and All let right. the other one be the color shadows as opposed to both. But yeah, but it's I think it's very clear that we need to get through this this page as quick as possible and but you want to put something there for the kids to enjoy so uh you get this right there you get the screen door looks like a paste up lettering piece fell off a really nice showcase of his cartooning you see it a lot in these expressions that are just over the top cartoony expressions but something i like about about uh, mcfarland's art is that cartoon element yeah not really pushing the compositions on that page too much this, this is far more interesting and then look at him getting his 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 depth uh, with just like that little smoke. That's, that's, that's something you could really pull from, you know, Joe Kubert would do this exact thing where there would be, it would be a still moment, but he would just have, it'd be a, a little dust or, a, you know, a little piece of wind kind of breaking things up. And uh, when it's done the best, I think of like a Mignola or somebody, you know, you're cutting, you're putting a white in front of a black area. Yes. Some more cartooning. Mm-hmm. And there's your big cable. You can see it's a two-pager, so it still maintains the sideways piece. They used to do so much of this where, like, you would get to page two and three, and it'd be a double-page splash, but it'd be sideways. Right. This is probably the one place where it works well, and it's not, you know, it's not a problem compared to the rest of the issue. It's a big cable, but, like, the, the way his, uh, his mouth hangs open. There's a lot of oddness on that cable. I was thinking earlier, too, like, a very thick head of hair for cable. And I think of, like, those early Liefeld cables was, like, the receding hairline with that, that skinny patch in the front. Kind of has that shape. And he remembers inking it with the black stripes mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in his joint, man. I was always disappointed in this, this cable version. This would be what I would use uh, in, in my argument. And I, and I think about what Rob must, must have thought at the time, man. Because, like, ex Extinction Agenda is done. And uh, you get to see Jim Lee draw Cable a couple of times in the cards and stuff. And then you got your homeboy McFarlane drawing Cable. It's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, we need Personally. an Eric Larson Cable yeah. out there. Um, I was looking at this and I was like, is that Storm? Did Storm make a guest appearance? It's Banshee. Oh, but, oh, oh but, yeah, know, Siren. Siren, right. But uh, it looks so much like Storm in that picture, like a Jim Lee Storm showing up. 
All right, Ed, we're getting to our big controversial page and panel here. Sword is heading into an eyeball, a very flat eyeball, by the way. It almost looks like a projection, the way those <laughs> eyes are. Yeah, right. Not a lot of depth in that helmet. And uh, you can see the paste up. I see. It's on the board itself, the revised panel. The original version, controversially, is the sword going into the uh, into the helmet. What a weird shape for that. That whole thing is very off. I, w I was I was thinking that um, this would be a good tracing paper joint to kind of draw the head underneath, but uh, the Juggernaut helmet sucks. Like like to fig try to figure out how a human head like fits inside that because it's this like very like oblong, mm -hmm. long uh, kind of shape that is kind of like a weird kind of egg that doesn't form factor to a human head at all. So like, is there just a lot of space? inside that mask like it's it's a very complicated thing to like wrap your head around if you're trying to think like i can't imagine how brian balland would draw a juggernaut because like he's a very thoughtful yeah. like trying to see through the images and stuff uh so like there's like just not too much you could do it, it's it's a it's a weird weird helmet hey how weird is this for directional uh flow we have shatterstar going from right to left you know almost back into the action and then whenever we cut, we have them going from left to right, you know, these two panels. Yeah, and then the blood comes back left. Yeah, kind of a funny choice because I feel like you could flip this panel of Juggernaut and you would have everything still line up right. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's very left-heavy to, to do it that way or maybe. something. You, you probably, you probably want to flip the Shatterstar up, up top. Um, I, I always love this image. Like with the damaged eye peeking through, but that hand like holding his face, I always thought was a super cool, well done panel. And I love whenever you incorporate something like this as your panel border is the wham sound effect. Yeah, you think that's him? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I assume it is. It's pretty basic. Uh, you know that that lettering's not real heavy lifting, and why not? It'd be hard to have a letter figure that out. I think for you. Plus, it probably requires like another set of FedExing. Yeah, it's not like Rick Parker's chilling at uh, Seattle or wherever the heck he was living. Um, Vancouver Island. Here's a note: not Rick Parker lettering on this particular story. I think he lettered all the other McFarland Spider-Man stuff. This is Chris Eliopoulos. Oh, he's a West Coast, right? May also speak to Deadline stuff, and who knows what? I think there was a fill-in issue right before this issue, so there may have been there may have been some some stuff going that's on. That's right, and and you know what? That's an issue that that I have pulled. It's the Spider-Man Beast story. I think that Eric Larson did right yeah that's the fill-in mm -hmm. like like i have that pulled to be to be an episode at some point in the future yeah that was a good issue too that's definitely one i would look at and um another two-page spread here to wrap things up basically surviving and mcfarlane even signs off to all you readers of the past few years thanks it's been a blast todd mcfarlane little spider next to his signature there so i think even in the letter column like salakrup is, is saying that, or Todd is saying, like, uh, he's done, he's going to go be with his family, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, I was picking every issue of this up off the newsstand. And uh, when I read that stuff, I'm like, okay, like, I'll, I have a chunk of Todd McFarlane comics to enjoy. He's done. Maybe he's older than I thought, whatever. Because, like, you know, you never saw these guys or anything. I was never playing with trade magazines and stuff. So he was retired to me. And it would be, you know, still in grade school. And then deep in middle school, maybe 7th, 8th grade. Nah, not, not quite that that long, but maybe 7th grade. Uh, that's when the football jocks had, had the uh, the image comics. And uh, I saw Spawn and 
McFarlane signature and I'm like are you kidding me and then I'm like I see Jim Lee's Wildcats and then I see Rob Liefeld's Youngblood and all these guys that I thought quit making comics have their own umbrellas they're doing their own thing and it was there was a year year and a half which would have been 10% of my life uh that you know they disappeared and then I got all these comics back and then you know I force myself to love them like uh, oh yeah these are so great <laughs> <laughs> well there it is the uh the original artwork from todd mcfarlane's last spider-man spider-man number 16 um like i said i continue to go through these heritage catalogs looking for stuff like this and honestly we could probably look through every single one of them because they're just loaded with cool stuff so you know here's a cut look the very next page mike mignola doing the cover for the uh the robin death yeah. issue like heavy heavy hitters throughout these heritage catalogs i got some numbers from the uh from the from the chat room uh they went on the heritage site to see because this is from 2022 yes and uh west coast day vengers come came back uh the total before the hammer fee which is usually 25 percent uh the total pages all the pages went for a grand total of one million three hundred eighty thousand dollars well there you go one one million plus artwork we just showed you guys wow yeah uh let's see uh it was sold as individual pages Whew, man talk about like probably some some big bidders going at each other because you know you get the first couple of pages and then you're in man <laughs> mortgage the house mortgage the yacht yeah it's 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 interesting because because uh the 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 biggest willies who are who are known of the original art buyers and stuff this kind of comic is comes after their their interest you know the dave mandels and stuff uh they're not they're not really interested in this but like the people who would be are like rich motherfuckers who are like our ages you know and so like maybe kirkman scooped up some pages and dudes of, the, of that kind of like stripe you know maybe maybe uh well no i was i was i don't think that dude but I bet I bet Kirkman got his hand on a couple of uh, choice items here. I bet you the dude that bought that Amazing Spider-Man three twenty eight, the 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 six hundred thousand yeah. dollar cover, that's Spider-Man Hulk. Like I bet you that guy was lingering around in this auction. I still call so much kayfabe on that because of the way it was promoted and how inflated it was. I think that uh, Todd McFarlane had a proxy bidder. Bit, I think he bid it himself. I think he 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 took the hit on uh the hammer fees and shit because it now makes your art much more valuable like I've, I've done two auctions myself and very rich people who know how this game is played offered to uh, play that game and i was like nah dude i just want to see how how my shit exists on the market without any shenanigans but shenanigans is done and, and mcfarland buys million dollar baseballs like why not buy us your own page for 600k through a proxy. Do you think it's a Shamus family that's selling this art? Remember in uh, one of the Wizards, they talk about McFarlane's biggest art deal was a deal with Garib Shamus's family, and he got a bunch of hockey memorabilia yes. and traded a bunch of comics art. Yeah. And it would have been after he was done with Spider-Man, I believe. You know, I think it was around, uh, I, you know, that that Wizard. It was it Wizard issue one, and I think that when they talk about that stuff. And I think there's still Spider-Man's coming out. Okay. That's near the end. Yeah, it is. It is. Super fun. Yeah, I love these heritage catalogs. <laughs> <laughs> Could it go, Jimmy? Yes. 
kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. It is Kayfabe-tober season 2023. These are your drawing prompts. Take a screen grab, save it on your phone so that you know what you need to draw each day, and make sure that you tag us in that imagery so that we can share those drawings on uh, the our social media give you a good boost and uh, we have a pretty robust social media presence at this point uh, probably give you a chunk of followers if you put in some some effort uh, we have the patreon where the king kayfabers are getting their hands on the things that we talk about on our daily videos before anybody else uh, because they get the vids before anyone and we have this uh live stream recording session that we have put together where they get to see what we're talking about before we even edit videos we're a daily youtube channel and we might have talked about some of your favorite comics at this point uh we have more than 1500 videos on the channel as we speak uh so take a look hit the magnifying glass on the front page of the cartoonist kayfabe youtube channel search for your favorite titles check out those videos and if we didn't talk about your favorites then please let us know in the comments below and we'll push those comics higher up on our reading pile the videos are brought to you by the books that we make and before you is a robust little snippet of our bibliography but we're working and making new stuff all the time so jimmy show the people what you got coming out street angel princess of poverty will be in stores in late november you can pre-order that one now and nay you need to pre-order that one now the way the comics direct market system works you got to order these in advance let image know how many of these to print princess of poverty will collect all of the street angel comics that are not in deadliest girl alive can I, can I have some breaking news, man? Uh, the cover alone for that issue, I guess, uh, went for $480,000 for, wow. for that uh, issue 16. Of, That's uh, nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Sorry, Jimmy. Go no ahead. No problem. Uh, Deadly Girl Alive and Princess of Poverty together will make a set of all of the Street Angel comics that I have created up to this point. And it'll be the first time that that's all together in a set under the same publishing umbrella. So add that one to your collection if you haven't already. Let your store know that you need a copy. I have been self-publishing lately. The BW zine, the 1986 zine, and True Crime Funnies featuring three non-fiction stories, including two wrestling stories of mine. These will be available and on sale at my website, jimrug.com, October 26th. It's going to be kind of a fall holiday sale. I am putting everything together now, so hopefully I'll have enough for popular demand, but I recommend you guys get there first, not last, because I do have a finite amount of these things. And uh, if you can't wait until then, you can read a lot of my out-of-print zines and mini-comics on patreon.com slash jimrug. The time is here. Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you October 18th, and about 75% of this print run is accounted for already before the book has even come out, thanks to you, the Cartoonist Kayfabe audience. Thank you so much. Uh, what that means is, is if you had any interest in this book at all, please uh, go to your comic shop, go on Amazon, whatever's convenient for you and uh, stake your claim in Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus printing number one uh, because once this goes away, it's gonna take months for a second printing to, to show up at your comic shop. And what happened with the first issue, the first volume of Hip Hop Family Tree came out around the same time, Christmas time, and it was going for a hundred bucks for, for people who wanted it uh, in time for, for Christmas. So uh, jump on it sooner than later because there'll be some inflated prices for a little while. Uh, X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback is coming to you in November, collecting all of my X-Men Grand Design works. Uh, some of those are out of print, so uh, this is your way to get all of the X-Men Grand Design comics I made in one uh, package. Red Room has been the focus of my attention for the past couple of years. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit. Two trade paperbacks are out there, Antisocial Network and Trigger Warnings. 
third trade paperback called Crypto Killers is coming to you in January. Uh, so scoop that up with your uh, Christmas and or Hanukkah money. Uh, the, the books are the most important part uh, required to keep this channel coming to you on a regular basis. But there are some ways to uh, support Cartoonist Kayfabe directly. And Jimmy, please let the people know. You can subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, mugs, fanny packs, stickers, and lots more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video in the show notes. There you have it. Jimmy, please give the people their final marching orders and we'll be on our way. Make more comics.